So, Caitlin, what are we canceling today? You know what? Huh? Let's cancel Christmas. We're going to get some blowback for this one, Caitlin. (laughs) I don't care. Cancel me, Santa. Look, I just, like, I see the War on Christmas, like, Fox News segment right now. (laughs) You know? You know what? The right up in Breitbart. (laughs) Good. We could could use some exposure. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If we actually got featured on Fox News, it would really, on the one hand, it would really suck. But on the other hand, it'd be really good for us. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. This liberal podcast. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) I'm in a mood. No, you're a fucking delight. You're a delight. Hey, everyone. I'm Caitlin Burns. And I'm Ola Rash Klein. And you're listening to Cancel Me, Daddy. The show where we take a closer look at all of the panic ground cancel culture. With thoughtful analysis. And verbal shit posting. All right, Oliver, I have a confession to make. Do tell. I am already over the holidays. So why are you already over the holidays? We've still got a little ways before Christmas. Yeah, so I've never really been a big holiday person, but like, I don't know, the last couple of years with like COVID and stuff... Mm. It's just really hard. Like, I I haven't seen my kids for the holidays in a while. And um, I was going to travel to see my parents for the holidays. But, you know, there's like this wave of COVID cases mm-hmm. hitting D.C. So I decided maybe that was too much of a risk. And I'm just I'm just over it, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I'm already on the New Year's vibe as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so I actually um, super feel that. I actually canceled uh, holiday plans with my family earlier today, um, which is a little disappointing, but um, that is fine. You know, sometimes staying away is is showing care and love, even though it sucks. Um, But I am I am also very much feeling the New Year's vibe and like ready to be. Uh, moving through that so um team same page so having said that let's get down to business and cancel christmas huh yes please fuck christmas <laughs> so oliver i'm really excited about our guest today um this is somebody that we've been talking about having on specifically for this special uh for a while now we're proud to be speaking with Parker Malloy, uh, a friend of mine and author of the Present Age newsletter and a former editor at Media Matters. And you can find her newsletter at readthepresentage.com. Parker, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're very excited. Um, I sort of think of you, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, as like one of the foremost experts on the quote war on Christmas. I am taking that the right way because it is my duty in life, I think, to to fight back against this idea that there is a war on Christmas. So <laughs> I am I am here. I am happy to take on that role. I wanted to start with um, some news that we've had here the week that we're recording this, and that is the Fox News Christmas tree fire. 
And I sort of wanted to get your take about like what happened and then what was the the sort of resulting fallout on the culture war side of things at the channel. So last week there was a guy who climbed into the Christmas tree outside of Fox News and they call it like their all American Christmas tree because of course they do. And so what happened was this person crawls in there lit it on fire and oh it went up in flames which was kind of delightful to watch <laughs> um and no one was hurt the tree the tree was hurt yeah. but that's a tree um the person was arrested right away so it's like whatever crime was committed they caught the person mm-hmm. it's fine um fox news did not take it in the chill manner you might uh, hope for, no. but they they did respond exactly as you would predict. Um, they kind of they're now in uh, as we're doing this. They are in day two of just having a total meltdown over it. Uh, several people on air have started calling for. They were like, "Why is this not a hate crime?" Well, because that is not what a hate crime is. Hate, uh, hate crime against who? <laughs> They said against us, against Fox News. Oh. Fox News is not a protected class. I see. We live in this this world where Fox News wants to be a protected class, but they're like, but we should have the right to to discriminate against LGBTQ people. That's that's totally chill, but not Fox or or unvaccinated people. Um, so yeah, so that happened. I made a funny little video where I took the the footage, I stabilized it, and then I set it to sounds of like a fireplace crackling with, <laughs> with wood. It was very soothing. And then I made it 10 minutes long and posted on Twitter. <laughs> and I got so many extremely angry messages oh, no. from, from people on the right who were like, of course you're laughing at arson, you Democrat. <laughs> and, um, you know. Which is expected at this point, but it was funny, and and I, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. And it just happened to be after I finished writing this year's version of my like War on Christmas mm-hmm. screed. Basically, I wrote a four part series on uh, on that because I really wanted to break it down mm-hmm. because it, it, people think about the War on Christmas just as a general sort of idea as this like, oh well. People want us to say happy holidays, but I like to say Merry Christmas. And if they don't say Merry Christmas to me and instead say happy holidays, it's because they hate Christians or you know something like that, which just makes no sense because happy holidays as a greeting itself goes back, you know, like a hundred years. It's, it's old, but it sort of just kind of turned into this whole sort of war thing, uh, really big when Bill O'Reilly kind of made it an issue back in like Mm -hmm. 2004. Now, was that the start of it or? So the start of it, start of it goes, goes back a bit further. Mm -hmm. So in 1921, Mm -hmm. so we're talking about 100 years ago, you had Henry Ford who, you know, started Ford Motor Company and was just really, really anti-Semitic. He published... Uh, a collection of his writing called, I want to make sure I've got this right. Okay, the collection is titled The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. Ooh. Yeah, that's, it's not great. And so there's like a passage in there that says, last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated in any way that Christmas commemorated someone's birth. 
Easter, they will have the same difficulty in finding Easter cards that contain any suggestion that Easter commemorates a certain event. There will be rabbits and eggs and spring flowers, but a hint of the resurrection will be hard to find. So it's this idea and the, and the whole point of that, which to understand the context of it, I read the entire volume of this thing, which is hundreds of pages and it's horrible it's it's the most hateful anti-semitic thing i've ever tried to consume and i mean and i've mm-hmm. i've tried to read through like the turner diaries so it's mm-hmm. it's that bad and it's kind of amazing that that guy still has a car company named after him uh yeah but yeah so you've got that and then i mean it sounds no different than what republicans <laughs> are saying today i mean in 2010 this guy writing for the national review said some have said you just can't find cards that say merry christmas it gets harder and harder i know kind of like trying to find products not made in china for who's to say where they come from i gave up on china a long time ago but christmas and it's like oh okay so when you say some have said are are you are you re- referencing the 1921 thing or are you <laughs> referencing in the 1950s when the John Birch Society uh, published a pamphlet that argued that the United Nations and communists were working together to take Christ out of Christmas or the 2000s when white nationalist blog VDare uh, published what's thought to be the first online mention of the war against Christmas claiming that Amazon's use of the phrase happy holidays in an email was symbolic of the struggle to abolish America. Oh my God. It's just, there's so many layers, which is why I'm fascinated by it, but horrified at the same time. So, so Parker, I'm wondering if kind of the fact that this has kind of been an ongoing thing, like a, has anything changed? And I'm wondering specifically what kind of the rise of social media and like 24 hour news and all of that, um, you know, your, um, thoughts about how, how this conversation has shifted over the years. Well, just last week, there was a a new poll that came out that found that more Americans than ever believe that there is a war on Christmas. So, and and it's 37%, which I think one thing we kind of noticed during the (laughs) the Trump era was that you could find about 30 to 35% of people who would just say whatever they thought would make them seem like they are the good Republicans Mm -hmm. who fit into the Trump bucket. Um, Not a basket. So the polling (laughs) question was, do you agree with the statement there has been a concerted effort by politicians to take Christ out of Christmas? And so while 14% of Biden voters either strongly agreed or somewhat agreed with it, 71% of Trump voters either strongly or somewhat agreed with it. So it's definitely a partisan thing. And it's definitely yeah. getting worse, which is not great. I mean, because that was a, that was a big thing when Trump was running. I mean, in 20, yeah. 2015, mm-hmm. back when he was still trying to stand out from the pack there, you know, that was when he was like announcing, his, he's like, we're going to ban Muslims. And he called for a boycott of Starbucks because their cups weren't Christmassy oh, enough. The annual yeah. Starbucks cups. Because <laughs> uh, that was the year I think that they made green cups because they're like green that's that's yeah. also a christmas color yeah that's literally half of the yeah. christmas colors no, people were mad and then <laughs> the next then the next year it was like okay they're red they're just plain red you can draw on them that's kind of the thing it's a collaborative and they're like how dare you not have jesus on there like jesus was never on the cups 
<laughs> is there any evidence that Jesus even drank coffee? Yeah, like yeah, prove it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, it's like when when Trump was running for office, he really made this sort of war on Christmas thing like a big part of his mm-hmm. campaign. He'd be out there in like March or October months that were not december talking about the importance of saying merry christmas again we're gonna say merry christmas again he made this promise he said if i become president we're gonna be saying merry christmas at every store you can leave happy holidays at the corner other religions can do what they want okay so like getting a little personal here um i worked at a retail bank for many years you know it's customer facing and i wasn't a teller but i frequently worked on the teller line and i hated teller work during the holidays because there's this whole thing where like uh, are you gonna say happy holidays is the first thing gonna flip out at you and this was before trump yeah. like uh years before trump um and i remember there was this one customer one time who absolutely lost it on one of my jewish co-workers because she didn't say merry christmas to him and it's like, so weird. how is she supposed to know? Like, first of all, she doesn't observe the holiday. But like, how is she supposed to know who is what religion just from appearance? It's just so awkward. But these people, like, it, it, it's one of these issues. There's certain issues that I think just short circuit certain brains. And I think this is one of them. What, do you, what would you say to that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I 100% agree with that because yeah. it does really seem like when people are talking about this, they want compulsory Merry Christmas. Like they want mm-hmm. that like forced into, you know, their ears and stores and, oh, you should have Christmas music, but not just Christmas music about Santa. You should have Christmas music, play Silent Night, you know, like that sort of stuff, which yeah. It's always something else. And at the core of it, it really is just kind of about this need for victimhood, which Mm -hmm. I I think kind of describes a lot of right wing kind of issues and problems is Mm -hmm. this sort of need to feel as though you are being wronged and you are the victim and you need to fight back to... Uh, to right this wrong when really it's just you are flipping out you are being irrational you are doing something that's just uh, totally uncalled for i mean someone wishing you a happy holidays or wishing you a merry christmas or saying happy hanukkah i mean Mm -hmm. what's the the worst reaction anyone should ever have to that is like oh thanks you know like yeah like because that's the thing i don't think it's the case where anyone is offended that someone wishes them a Merry Christmas, but it's, it's definitely the opposite case happens where if you wish someone a happy holidays, you might have someone who is big into this war on Christmas victimhood kind of thing. Who's just like, uh, yeah, how dare you? I'm in flip out on them. (laughs) And it's weird. I mean, I never really thought about saying happy holidays or seasons greetings. That's another one. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think of those as just kind of, you know, substitutes. They're all kind of the same, you know, have yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, Season Greetings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they're interchangeable for the most part. And that is just not the case in uh, in Fox News world. They are very, very into this. And I think part of the part of the issue is that 
it's not just about Christmas. And that's why I focus on it so much is that it's Mm -hmm. really kind of a gateway into Christian nationalism, which is, Mm -hmm. which is a a big worry of mine. I mean, for, for obvious reasons, I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to be great being trans in a world where Christian nationalism is on the rise. That's just, Mm -hmm. it's just not, not great. I mean, just, just today I was looking at the Washington post and they had an article about how, some Catholic diocese in Michigan says that trans people can't get baptized anymore. And it's like, yeah, I saw that. Well, jokes on you because I was already baptized when I was a baby. So take that (laughs) church. I snuck in under the wire. Um, But (laughs) with the war on Christmas stuff, what it does is it takes this, this issue, Christian nationalism, which is extreme and scary. And it's an attempt to, change the laws to fit their religious beliefs. And it wraps it in this thing that many people in media and many people just, just trying to celebrate Christmas or trying to just chill out. (laughs) uh, We'll see as something that's kind of harmless. I mean, in 2017, the Washington post had a story that was the headline was in a pro Trump town. They never stopped saying Merry Christmas. And it's like, that's an article and it was where does that not happen yeah exactly (laughs) and and so this whole article is you know this person who's just like we've always said merry christmas it offends me to see at stores where they just do happy holidays or season's greetings it should be merry christmas put christ back into christmas that's what it's supposed to be i wish we would all get on the same page but then there are these other bits in that story that really say the quiet part out loud. I mean, here's a, a paragraph from it. Roger Barber, a 60-year-old salesman who lives in the town next next town over and voted for Trump, said he doesn't think the president can fully stop the erosion of rights of Christians in this country, but he hopes the president tries to put the brakes on it. So right there, he he thinks that Christians are losing their rights and saying Merry Christmas is part of it. You know, he said the government, I think, is trying to oppress Christianity with some of the policies they come up with. They're trying to oppress it, force people out of what they believe in. He said as he finished up lunch at Hens and Hogs Barbecue on Squirrel Hollow Drive. Like, first off, I I can't even make up the names of these places. Like, that's that (laughs) is such a like we went to a Trump Town diner. Uh, But so he goes like the cake issue that's before the Supreme Court right now, the Supreme Court having to decide whether a Christian can bake a cake or not. I mean, that's not what that case was about. <laughs> no. no, it wasn't. Um, and then the next person just kind of openly said it. They said, we can't say Merry Christmas. We can't say Christmas because there's too many Muslims and Buddhists and Hindus, and it offends them, said Naomi DePriest, a property manager in her mid-50s. Uh, I think they should keep Christ and Christmas, which is what they said originally. And to heck with anybody that don't like it. Anybody that's Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist, let them do what they want to do. But don't criticize those of us that want to keep Christ in Christmas. Like, I don't think that people are telling others, like, you can't say Merry Christmas. The issue seems to be that people are demanding that others wish them a Merry Christmas. You know, it's it's really weird. And I think that a lot of it kind of has to do with this sort of romanticized version of the past that never really, mm-hmm. never really existed. I mean, in, in my mm-hmm. research on this, I found so many newspaper articles throughout the years 
that we're talking about, oh, taking Christ out of Christmas. Oh, uh, it's, it's too much commercialism. Oh, this group or that group is trying to force us to not celebrate our holiday and, and all of that stuff. But that is not at all what what is happening. So people are like, oh yeah, let's go back to the 1950s. But in the 1950s, people were saying the same thing. They don't want yeah. the version of America that actually existed at the time. What they want is the version of America that existed in movies at the time. They want, yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, give me It's a Wonderful Life or give me Miracle on 34th <laughs> Street, you know, these sorts of yeah. things like that were at the time over the top sort of caricatures of what Christmas is like, or, you know, even like Elf, you know, that's a modern Christmas classic, I suppose. And it's, it's that same thing where it, it really portrays this sort of super Christmassy feel good. It's great for a movie. And I, I love it, but uh, it's not reality. And I think that people keep wanting to go back to a time that never really existed. And that in Mm. itself is sort of an extension of Trump's whole make America great yeah. again. They don't mm. necessarily want a specific time. They want yeah. an idea that they have in their head of a time that they think existed. Is there any evidence that there has been wholesale or widespread offense taken to the term Merry Christmas? No, not not that I've been able to find. I mean, there there's one of those, every once in a while, someone will do a poll that's like, what do you prefer? And it's Mm -hmm. usually, you know, a lot of people who identify as Christian say that they like to hear Merry Christmas. Some people like to hear Happy Holidays. Now, most people just don't care. I mean, it's not an issue that, that occupies a lot of space in most people's minds, but it's a good way to get people in the door on this on the Christian nationalism aspect of things to get them feeling aggrieved, to get them feeling like, like the government is trying to erode the rights of Christians. Like like that guy said in the article. And I mean that it's worrisome because I mean, in the, in the piece that I just wrote, um, you know, once you realize that the right wing sort of demand that everybody says Merry Christmas is really a proxy and their fight against religious freedom uh, mm-hmm. the success of it should, should kind of worry you. I mean, think about how when Melania Trump said, who gives a fuck about the Christmas stuff and decorations? Had a Democratic like politician or politician's wife said that, they would mm-hmm. still be talking about it today, but we just sort of pretend that she didn't say that because the, the people driving this don't actually care about this. They don't care about decorations. They want to be able to completely change the uh the world around them and in in the most recent piece i wrote uh it was a a a letter to the supreme court from this dude jonathan mitchell who he was a lawyer who helped craft texas's six weeks ban on abortion and in this thing he wrote that the movement that he is behind is not going to try, not pushing the court to try to overturn Loving versus Virginia. He's like, we don't want to bring mm-hmm. back bans on, you know, interracial marriage. That's you're mm-hmm. safe. But then he goes, the news is not so good for those who hope to preserve the court invented rights to homosexual behavior and same sex marriage. These rights, he puts it in quotes, like the mm-hmm. r- right to abortion from Roe, uh, 
are judicial concoctions and no source of law, blah, blah, blah. And it goes on and on. He's, you know, he goes, the right to marry an opposite sex spouse is deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. The right to marry a same sex spouse obviously is not. And this is in, this is in reference to the abortion case. He's already openly like, yeah, gloves off, let's do this. And so he says, you know, it's not to say the court should announce overruling of Lawrence or Obergefell, but if it decides to overrule Rowan Casey, but neither should the court hesitate to write an opinion that leaves those decisions hanging by a thread. Um, Lawrence and Obergefell, while far less hazardous to human life, are as lawless as Roe. And so that's that's scary. I mean, that is just openly telling yeah. us that like they want to come for us. They want to hurt us. They want to take away what yeah. rights we have because it goes beyond marriage. Obviously, it it goes to just your ability mm-hmm. to to exist in a world uh, where we're we're not tormented constantly. And that's that's part part of the reason that it it really frustrates me. Just generally, the sort of fights mm-hmm. with you know the the anti-trans feminists or whatever you know fighting against trans rights it's it's like you do realize we're all kind of on the same issue here we're all fighting for bodily autonomy that's really what this is about and when you can't stand up for everyone's bodily autonomy what's going to happen is none of us are going to have it it's and and that's gonna be the downfall i mean i care about abortion it does not personally affect me because i you know i Mm -hmm. i I have no uterus you know (laughs) and so it's like it's not an issue that personally affects me but i really care about it because i care about how other people are treated and i care about them having their rights because i know that you know you take away someone else's rights you're gonna keep going and that's always been the plan for these these groups so one thing i have been thinking about is how this war on christmas um feels very similar to a lot of republicans going like oh you know liberals are trying to cancel this and that and the other and i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the relationship between, you know, the so-called war on Christmas and the conversations that we're having right now about cancel culture. They are so tied together. They are, they are really one in the same. And sometimes you'll see this happen with, um, a few years back, there was a, uh, Huffington Post made a video that they filed under comedy on their website. And it was people making jokes mm-hmm. on Twitter about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And the jokes were like, mm-hmm. oh, huh, man, I hate to see the HR department at Santa's workshop, like, you know, just making jokes about how he's, oh, he's, he seems like he's a mean boss. And look, they're bullying Rudolph. And oh, of course, now they mm-hmm. want his help, you know, that sort of thing. And so these were all jokes that people were making on Twitter. Yeah. Huffington Post put them in a video, put it on their website as like, we really need to talk about these disturbing moments in Rudolph. And Fox <laughs> ran stories about it for eight days. It, when it exited wow. the first week, I was just like, I don't know if I can keep track of this anymore because they're still talking about it. Because they took it as, yeah. oh, people now think that Rudolph needs to be canceled. And it still comes up. I still see this happen. And it's so frustrating because... Yeah it's all tied into the same thing. It's all tied into this, yeah. this victimhood stuff. I mean, earlier this year when we had 
uh, oh, uh, people are trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. What? You know, that was something that I think that there are people who wanted to discuss the legacy of Dr. Seuss. And really, I think Dr. Mm-hmm. Seuss is a very interesting story because it's it's a story of a man who admittedly held some really bigoted, awful beliefs that, that he had for a mm-hmm. while. And he would he put them into a, a decent amount of his early work. And then he learned and he grew from it and he changed. And that's sort of that's what you want to see from people. And I think that mm-hmm. the issue with Dr. Seuss was that they didn't want to talk about the fact that he ever had bad beliefs, that he ever, because mm-hmm. he was making like cartoons that were pro Japanese internment. It was really bad. And yeah. Yeah. so they, they're, they're mad about that. And they're mad about any discussion of anything bad that's ever happened. And you're seeing that crossover into the freakouts over critical race theory or whatever, what they're calling <laughs> critical race theory. And it's, it's all part of the same cancel culture culture war they're going to keep coming up with new names for it but it's going to be the same thing political correctness cancel culture call out culture that was one that was a few years back i just feel like Mm -hmm. i'm like dating myself by by referencing these things that are just like (laughs) yeah well in 2018 it would have been called this but in 2015 it would have been called that you know but it's really that simple these are the same concepts just kind of warmed over Mm -hmm. and rebranded to make them sound like they're new panics if they were still trying to brand it as political correctness, which they were up until, mm-hmm. I don't know, up until 2017, 2018, um, yeah. you know, at a certain point you get to go, okay, you've been talking about political correctness for 20 years. None of the stuff that you said was going to happen has come true. We can call bullshit on this. But when it comes yeah. to, oh, here's this new problem, cancel culture. Are are people sometimes overzealous on the internet? Of course, but but yes. you know it's like I don't think anybody yeah, would dispute like, that. Yeah. <laughs> Should people be fired for ten year old tweets? Probably not. I mean, it probably depends. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's like out of character. I mean, like there are like there's one person who is one of Twitter's like department heads as like. I think it's like head of product or something like that. Like 10 years ago, if, if you search, they're still on his timeline. He has, he has like really transphobic tweets, but I've never tweeted mm-hmm. about them because it was 10 years ago. And those are right. all very, very much in the past. And he hasn't tweeted anything like that since. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, just assume that people change, people improve, or at least they, they learn to, to act better <laughs> in public. But yeah. Oh, it's so it's so frustrating because I just I I think we all, you know, just sort of want the same thing. We just want to exist in the world and, you know, be able to have conversations and discuss policy topics and try to figure out how to work together. But there's a big segment of the country and the world, I mean, that really does not want that. I mean, the Republican Party does yeah. not put out a legislative agenda. Mitch McConnell said that they will not be putting out one before the midterms. And yeah, they're not running on policies. They're running on culture war. And that's all they have. And the thing is, they're running against something that the Democrats are not even doing, which makes it so frustrating to read piece after piece about how, 
uh, it's time for de- Democrats to stop being so woke. That's why they lose. It's like, that has nothing to do with it, James Carville. Go back to your mansion. <laughs> yeah. One thing that you brought up was about like the Rudolph misinformation going on Fox. And that's something that you know I see over and over and over again that's really concerning is that it really seems like the people making the decisions about what's being covered and how it's being covered are sometimes intentionally misinforming the public. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. One of the things in in uh, one of the pieces I wrote recently was a meme I found on a, yeah, it was a Facebook group called I Love Guns, which of course, of course there's a Facebook group <laughs> called that. Like, yeah. There are like a thousand Facebook groups called that. The <laughs> list of things, if you are not like fluent in Facebook Fox News culture, I guess, is like, it makes no sense. Santa is a man. Baby, it's cold outside is not offensive. We say Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. There were three wise men, not three wise people. This is my favorite one. Baby Jesus was a boy, not a baby. (laughs) Out of control. Yeah, it goes on and on, and and most people looking at that will probably go, okay, well, what is this? Who baby? Who's saying that Jesus yeah. was a a baby? Which is just funny. And I tried to find it. I tried to find. I was like, okay, I need to find out where that specific one came from. Okay, can you please read the passage that it came from? Because I was howling as I read it in your blog. It like I I was just so stunned by. It just felt like satire. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And, and and it kind of shows how these sorts of things start. So the first, the reference I was able to find, it was from 2019. It was an Australian columnist who was very mad mm-hmm. at uh, trans people for daring to criticize a certain uh, author of books featuring a boy wizard. And so she mm-hmm. cited this, this other thing, which was a fake poll from 2018 that asked... Um, like, hey, if you had to update Santa, what would you do? And it was like, change gender, uh, give him a, a car, make, make him lose weight, you know, like shave his beard, these sorts of things. And it was something like said, like 20% of people were like, I guess if I have to pick something up, change gender. And so it became this whole like, yeah, people are trying to say Santa needs to be gender neutral. And so, so she cites <laughs> that in her piece. And then her rant goes on like this, and I quote, What next in the war on gender? Must Mary only be referred to as a pregnant person, not woman, who gave birth to they be Jesus? And she was visited by three (laughs) wise thems and little drummer (laughs) Envy. Will Mr. and Mrs. Claus become mixed claws? Will we be singing, I saw Maddie, and then in parentheses, non-binary, mummy and daddy pronoun, kissing Santa Claus? Oh, God. Okay, this last one is the one that I just, I don't even know where it And will genderless priest robots deliver sermons? (laughs) And it's, what? You know, it's like, this is the future that liberals want. The whole thing. So you take the criticism of, of that author. 
and suddenly this person extrapolates this into here's what I think is going to happen based off of this misinformation that I sort of have from all over the place. And that's what ends up happening. It becomes this dominant view in in kind of in conservative media outlets. And this was something that I noticed all the time mm-hmm. at, when I was working at Media Matters was that these things just become the truth to them. And it sure, it may be someone saying, hypothetically, here's what I think it could be in the future, which is not a great basis mm-hmm. for an argument. Um, but they'll do that. Yeah. And that just becomes the truth. I mean, for a while, I was covering the way that Fox News discussed the, uh, the Green New Deal, which was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like a set, it was like a seven page resolution that basically said, hey, we, we commit to trying to commit to something it was very like we're not going to do anything now but we're going to like say that we're going to commit to doing something later and yeah we're going to form a committee to yeah (laughs) yeah it it was one of those things where like had the resolution passed it would have done nothing but fox made it sound like it was scary and sean hannity would go on Air, and he had this very specific list of words that he would say. And I, I used to have a, a super cut of him saying this like 10 times mm-hmm. where he would say, Green New Deal, it would, uh, it would abolish the combustion engine. It, it would force you to destroy and rebuild every house uh, windows. You'd have to change all of the windows. And they want to build a train to Hawaii. And the, these things, which are just clearly nonsense, but that's what Fox was telling people. And the thing about the trains to Hawaii, it was that um, a Democratic senator from Hawaii made a joke. It was Maisie Hirono. Someone asked her if she uh, mm-hmm. was in favor of banning planes, and she was like, uh, unless they're building a long bridge to Hawaii, I don't like, like that won't work for me, obviously. And so it oh was a joke, God. but then they just kept saying like, this is what they want to do. They're going to build a train to Hawaii, which would be kind of interesting and cool, but, but not <laughs> something literally anyone is calling for. <laughs> if anything, it'd be a boat, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm really worried about uh, the, the next couple of elections because I, I feel like, I feel like Democrats really just are mm-hmm. not, yeah, tuned into what the power that conservative media has of shaping reality, and that's, yeah. you know, I mean, all of these states introduced bans on critical race theory, which surprise to no one, also target LGBTQ books. Go figure. Um, mm-hmm. Like they did that yeah. because conservative media told them to do that. That was started there and they were mm-hmm. able to influence what legislation gets passed. And I, there's nothing like that on the left. I mean, you could have yeah. Rachel Maddow and Chris, Chris Hayes and Joy Reid and everyone at MSNBC saying, here's this policy we need to pass. Here's this policy we need to implement. And it could be great, po- great policy. But it's not, states aren't going to be like, okay, I guess we got to do this. You know, it's just not how it works. Joe Manchin is going to be like, no, who cares? No, don't think so. (laughs) Don't think so. Nice try, guys. (laughs) So I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I think my last question is, um, and I kind of want to bring it back to 
the war on Christmas specifically, but what would you suggest that like listeners to the show who, you know, God love them, want to make a difference in the world. Like how should they be handling or responding to this sort of stuff? Um, Cause I think the, the natural inclination is to just mock it, but I almost feel mm-hmm. like that gives oxygen to the fire, the Christmas tree fire, if you will. Um, <laughs> but like what, you know, how would you suggest that people sort of approach this in their own lives? I, I mean, I honestly think like, let's say, let's say you've got a relative who sees these sorts of memes and shares them on Facebook and you really want to get through to them. Let's say it's like, mm-hmm. like, like a cousin or something, not, not, you know, not your parents, mm-hmm. not an uncle, not, not someone who is just older, but a cousin or a sibling. Mm-hmm. And you really think you can get through to them. I think it helps to understand that they may actually believe the things that they're saying. They may sound ridiculous and over the top, mm-hmm. but I've, I've found that I've had some success in talking to people being like, Whoa, wait, what, what is, what is this thing about they be Jesus? And sometimes the response mm-hmm. will be, oh, oh, I don't, I don't actually know what that one's from. Or, yeah, people are trying to make them make Jesus genderless or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, where, where did you see this? Where, where did this come from? Because if so, I wanna, I wanna see this and wanna understand who is saying this and what position they sort of represent. Because that's another big issue here in. The war mm-hmm. on Christmas and and elsewhere is this this sort of idea that if you can find one person within a group that advocates for one kind of out there position, that becomes the position that everyone has to then justify. And you know, it's like that as trans people, it's like we totally get that because that becomes every like every person yeah. who says something controversial on Tumblr or Twitter or mm-hmm. anything like that just becomes like, oh, well, will you answer for this person? Uh, no, I won't because I don't know that person. Yeah. You know, there was that that woman in uh, in Canada yeah, right. who there was a whole ordeal yeah. where every trans person on- online was being asked like, so you support this? It's like. No, I've I've literally not seen a single trans person defend that that woman, but it it, it quickly yeah. became this is what trans people want. You know, it's frustrating, but yeah. I if you can get through to people, great. But I, I I do think it's most important to take care of yourself because it's not on you to mm-hmm. to fix the world around you. I understand wanting to like control the chaos a little bit, but if you throw yourself into that too much, it it'll just chip away at your mental health. I mean, think it certainly has you know with mine over the years, over the years of various issues trying <laughs> trying to write about things and debunk bad information. But you know, take take care of yourself. I think that's the most I'm important thing that. any of us can do <laughs> because the world out there is yeah. pretty cruel. Um, I'm going to say something spicy and I, I, I think that I'm going to cut it out. Um, like I don't, I don't think, I don't think I want this in, in the episode, but I have been thinking about it since I saw the Fox news Christmas tree on fire. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll leave it in. Um, we can, we can discuss, but, um, there, there's no evidence of this. This is very conspiracy theory, but like, I was thinking like if Fox news like wanted to make that a big story, like, 
Like that's actually like a really good tactic to set their own Christmas so, tree on so fire. Not I'm on just that, saying. Really quick, it's like <laughs> you know, it's like well, they they caught the guy who did it, so like all of that. But they could they could have paid him. They could have paid the guy. Like sure, honestly, sure. like wilder I mean, things have oh, happened. Okay, Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but but. Yeah. Oliver over here with Korean yeah. on nonsense over here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just I just been thinking a lot about how how media spreads information and how it's manipulated a lot. I mean, way way back in way back, it was like 2009. So way back in 2009, when Glenn Beck was at Fox, what you would have is he would say something very controversial during his show, um, and then the next day or people respond to that on other shows and online. And then the next day, the controversy around what he said was newsworthy because people were talking about it. So then they would talk about it on mm-hmm. the news shows. And then as that happened, then he would talk about mm-hmm. it again. So it was this cycle where they would build their own news cycles around <laughs> things that were just totally bonkers and nonsense. It, it's It's why the conservative movement got obsessed with the that acorn voter registration group i mean imagine trying to get people Mm, obsessed with the voter registration group now it's 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 difficult and they they really had an advantage during the trump era because you didn't even have to go through the motions because you you would just have the president saying something that would be completely out there and Mm -hmm. they would then go president said it therefore it's newsworthy you know and then treat it in their fox news kind of way where they're like who's to say i don't know Trump said no collusion. <laughs> speaking speaking as a veteran of the Trump tweet speed. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. Even progressive places like yeah. you know, my former employer would do that. 100 percent It's uh it's it's difficult. And you know, I th- I think there's a part of the problem is that we now expect, you know, newspaper would be you get a newspaper and that's your news for the day and that's it. And then the next day you find out what you missed from the day before. That's one thing. And mm-hmm. But now it's like, cool, I need to open Twitter and see a new story every 15 minutes or something like that. And we start churning out content instead of news. And that's, that's something that mm-hmm. earlier in the week, uh, the Politico did a big story about Kamala Harris using wired headphones as though it was some sort of conspiracy theory. Instead and of then Bluetooth, yeah, someone wrote that. Slow News Day, and one of the authors of the piece, Alex Thompson, he responded, uh, not all of us have, have a nice two to three times a week newsletter schedule or something like that, where it was like basically just admitting, yeah, we need content, which is, is very, very frustrating. Oh, my because God. You know, for for all the content we have, we still don't learn a whole lot about what various politicians stand for, what policies would mean for all of us. I wish we did, but (laughs) yeah, we don't. I appreciate uh, y'all indulging me in conspiracy theory land. (laughs) 
No, you know, sometimes it's it, it's it's nice to 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 dip your toes in the conspiracy theory water just to just to get it out of your system, so so it doesn't so it doesn't bounce around in your head for, Absolutely. for months on end until it becomes an elaborate conspiracy theory. Parker, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank thank you so much for having me. It's it's been great uh, talking to you and a merry Christmas and ha- happy holidays to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> let me be the first to wish you a happy, a happy holidays. Yeah. Happy Christmas, happy Christmas, Kwanzaa, happy, Hanukkah. Uh, Toyota Thon. <laughs> so, Caitlin, I was thinking about a new segment we should have that I want to try out today. Okay. Um, and it's going to be called Cancel Us, where we give <laughs> our. <laughs> Um, salty and spicy opinions so everyone can cancel us. <laughs> this sounds dangerous. <laughs> so dangerous. Um, so we are going to have a cancel us Christmas edition. Oh, or, okay. Or holiday edition. Excuse me. No, you have to say Christmas. <laughs> you have to put the Christ in Christmas. Oh, Lord. More on that later. But, uh... <laughs> Um, so, uh, this was your idea. Why don't you start us off with something? Love actually is one of the worst movies ever made. (laughs) Um, I agree and disagree at the same time. Tell me more. I, I watch Love Actually every year and, uh, it is undoubtedly my biggest, um, problematic fave. (laughs) Like, all of the men in that movie and most of the women are terrible. Oh, everyone in that movie sucks. (laughs) But for some fucking reason, it still gives me the warm and fuzzies at certain points. Like, when the kid is in the airport and he finally gets, like, the kiss on the cheek. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel gooey inside. And uh, I hate that it does. The, the kid in the airport is cute. I'll give you that. Like, there's not a lot that that movie has going for it, but I'll give you that. And it's like, um, my favorite part about that movie, and I, by favorite, I mean the worst, is the uh, Prime Minister storyline, actually. Even though Colin Firth's character is awful and I think should be banished to the Shadow Realm, um, the Prime Minister storyline, to me, is like, they kind of stretch it, right? Because you have this prime minister who's falling for basically one of his employees, right? It's um, it's a British Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton situation, uh, except the prime minister is single. And then you have the American president come, who's very clearly like an analog for like George W. Bush, because he was American president when the movie was made who's like moving in on this woman we're supposed to see that as like really awful and at the same time like the like the narrator of the movie basically who narrates the intro and outro is literally doing the same thing with the same power and i'm like do you guys not see this like so so i have to say i gave love actually a chance because um when one of my first see it uh, sometime after 2013. Okay. So probably around like 2015, 2014. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, one of my best friends was like, you have to watch this movie. Oh, God. And so I watched it and I was like, what is this bullshit? 
there's all of these like little stories and they're all they have no character growth or arc for the most part they're kind of boring and really superficial and i'm just like what is this bullshit i hate it it's so bad um i'm sorry i i i respect that you enjoy it i just don't think it's even like a good like cringe watch like i love bad television i love bad movies and television and this does not pass the test for me yeah it's definitely i i fully embrace it as a problematic fave um we have we have an agree to disagree and agree and disagree on the first one i think what about um i hate christmas music (laughs) i think it's bad i think we should cancel it i don't want it playing anywhere it no so if it's not by mariah carey i don't want it on hear me (laughs) but especially one song in particular needs to be gone forever and that's the charlie brown christmas song oh you're gonna that's a spicy one you're gonna you're gonna get some cancels so i used to work at a bank um Mm -hmm. and every year we had this cd of holiday music that we were supposed to play and it was all very highly sanitized and whatever it was a big corporate bank the bank had licensed all of the music to play in their stores but the charlie brown christmas song would come on like once every 15 minutes ew no 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 and it got to the point where if there were no customers in the store we would start screaming (laughs) because we were all like slowly tortured to death by this song (laughs) that's kind of evil that they did that yeah it's like really fucked up um yeah i understand why you don't like that song that's fair (laughs) i'm i'm on board with getting rid of it i want you to never have to hear that song ever again all right we're canceling it get out um do you have any spicy christmas takes caitlin um i actually want to touch on something parker <laughs> mentioned earlier okay i'm I'm listening um <laughs> she talked about the genderless jesus conspiracy theory mm-hmm. and it's actually a belief that i hold <laughs> please elaborate <laughs> so if you think about it logically right and, and Log- not, okay it, yeah so think about the bible logically Okay. Mm, mm-hmm. Trying. Jesus, Jesus's mom was a virgin mm-hmm. when she gave birth to Jesus. Correct. So physically, wouldn't that mean that Jesus's DNA is the same as his mom's? Perhaps. Would that yeah. not make him a trans man or at least by gender? <laughs> My brain is exploding a little bit right now, Caitlin. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. So, or are so we saying that God like puts his DNA in people? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Please cancel me for this. Does God have semen? Like, I'm curious. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I almost spit my water all over my computer. <laughs> So despite what Parker says, <laughs> there is a trans conspiracy theory promoting the idea of a genderless Jesus. <laughs> um, Caitlin is part of that conspiracy. Yes. 
Oh my god, I'm definitely going to hell. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be right there with you, babe. Like, hell, hell's where the fun's gonna be had. Okay, so something that I actually like. I think the best Christmas movie okay. is Elf. I have never seen it. Oh my god, Caitlin, you have to watch it and get back to me. I refuse. No, it's so like sweet and I hate Will Ferrell. Okay, so do I. <laughs> okay, I want to be very clear. I think Will Ferrell sucks. I don't like any of his movies. I'm not into it. Like, I want to okay. be real clear that like I am like anti Will Ferrell, like okay. in a really deep way. But that movie is incredible. And is his it? performance is great. Like, that was the role he was made for. That's the only quality movie he's ever made. And it's amazing. I, I have literally never seen it. I really want you to watch it and let me know what you think. Okay. You don't You don't have to. I, I respect your boundaries. It's just very fun and silly and... You know, I think Buddy, who's the main character, is canonically autistic, which I mm -hmm. love. Um, and it is just like such a refreshing. Yeah, it's such a delightful, refreshing film. So like the anti-love, actually, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you watch it, I would love to talk to you about it. Uh, um, I'm not going to commit to that, but I will think about it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is exactly where I would expect you to be right now. Um, is there anything that you like about the holidays? Spending time with family. And I know that, uh, I'm, I'm lucky as a trans person to be able to do that, to have that option because mm -hmm. it doesn't always happen. But, you know, I never, I never spent a holiday alone until I came out as trans. Uh, and that's not to say that my family doesn't doesn't invite me to things because they do it's just that they live far away travel can't always happen i actually hate traveling around the holiday because it's one of the most miserable experiences i think you could ever go through this person that hates traveling and uh yeah i think that's a big reason why i'm sort of just over it already this year is yeah. knowing that i won't be able to see you know family again even though it was my choice this time. So at least I had the choice. Yeah. How about you? What do you like about the holidays? Mm, yeah, I've been trying to think about this because I feel like I don't have kind of many rituals right now for this mm -hmm. time of year. And I think one thing that I'm going to try to incorporate in the next couple of weeks is like getting some like really nice hot chocolate. Mm. Um and stirring a candy cane into it and having some like yummy peppermint hot chocolate. Nice. And, you know, I have mixed feelings about it um, because it's like kind of ostentatious and like not the best thing for the environment. But mm -hmm. I do like seeing like all the lights that like, <laughs> I don't know, the decorated everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also, like, a lot of the people who do, like, fancy decorating are, like, very wealthy people, and it's a very, like, yeah. indulgent, showy thing. So, you know, I have complicated feelings about it, but it's still nice to see the pretty lights, so I don't know. Oh, one other thing. Uh -huh. One other really spicy opinion. I fucking hate decorating Christmas trees. <laughs> oh, I think, really? I think they're kind of ugly, 
Um, I don't get any. I, I've been thinking about getting like a like pastel Christmas tree with like bright obnoxious ornaments. That sounds uh-huh. interesting to me. But like the green Christmas tree with like the tinsel and the ornaments, I just I think they're heinous. <laughs> so to be clear, to be clear, you would put the like gender bent Furby version of a Christmas tree up. Correct. <laughs> you feel me. You get it. You get it, Caitlin. <laughs> um, so I actually haven't decorated for the holidays, I think, since I've moved to DC. Mm-hmm. I have a spot in my apartment. It's right over there where I would put a tree and I think about it every year. And then I'm like, nah, nobody's coming over. Why, why even bother? That's real. That's real. Oh, my God, Caitlin. Yes. Caitlin, I have a long Furby. A what? A long Furby. What is this? It's um so it's a Furby that's like three feet tall. Okay. Instead of like the little Furby, like uh-huh. the legs are extended, so it's kind of like a snake, but a oh. Furby. Um, do you want me to go get it and I can show you? <laughs> okay. I, I just w- I want to know what your reaction is. Okay, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Things are getting weird in this cancel us segment. <laughs> this is an end of year special. <laughs> just a second i am so curious to see what your reaction is going to be to this because people usually have interesting reactions so this is my long furby uh-huh what the fuck <laughs> why is it so long because it's a long furby look how many eyes it has you should just turn that into your christmas tree oh well wouldn't this be fun to wrap around a christmas tree and like as a spine i can like bend it oh my gosh yeah isn't this wild that's the only christmas tree decoration that you need yeah um so you're welcome for this delightful creature it sits on my desk every day and like keeps me company during work that could be your tree topper it makes the tree very tall I don't know. Things things are going in some strange directions, but I'm here for it. You're losing it. Oh, we lost it a long time ago, Caitlin. It is our last show of the year. Oh my god. Can you believe Mm -hmm. we made it this far? And we're only like a month and a half from our one year anniversary, so we gotta start thinking about something to commemorate oh my that. god but uh i did want to talk to our listeners for a second and uh if you've enjoyed the show um the you know the effort that we've put into this for the last 11 months um i'd, I'd like you to consider supporting us on our patreon i know we ask every episode but given that this is uh, you know, a bigger special than we usually do, and it's the end of the year. You know, if you've been thinking about supporting us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Um, Oliver and I were talking earlier. We're going to be uh sort of revamping and recommitting to our Patreon perks uh this coming year, and um, all of the help that that you guys give us. I mean, we we love doing this show, but uh, certainly the financial side of things um, 
could always be better, right? <laughs> so I just wanted to uh, make that appeal to you. You can find out more about it at www.patreon.com slash cancelmedaddy. Um, we really do want to eventually move to become a weekly show. We just need more support to be able to do that because there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Yeah, and right now we're still raising money um, to make yeah. the show that we do do every other week sustainable. Long-term. And there's definitely enough content to make this a weekly oh my show God. because I saw like <laughs> six different things this week that we could have covered. Um, but uh, we hope you enjoyed our show today and our conversation with Parker. I certainly did. Um, she totally nailed the vibe of the show. So. <laughs> Anyway, just wanted to finish off 2021 by begging for your money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, So do you have any final words, Oliver, for the shit show that was 2021? Good fucking riddance. You know, (laughs) it's been a rough year. (laughs) You know, uh, all I have to say about it is we all made it. And that's all we could ask for. We made it. And you know, there are, it has been a really hard year, but I am feeling like there is, there's a lot of changes and transformation in my life. And I feel like like 2022 is going to be my fucking year. Yeah, I hope so too. My mom asked me what she, what I wanted for Christmas the other day. And I said, I just want a good 2022. Big mood, big mood. <laughs> Today's show was made by me, Oliver Ash Klein, and my incredible co-host, Caitlin Burns. Daniel Petersmith made our theme song, and Eden M.W. designed our graphics. Our show is made possible by the incredible cancelers supporting our work, especially members of our Cancelor Hall of Fame, with the great power to cancel all of their enemies, Meg and Dahlia. Uh, we appreciate your support. Happy canceling!